0: On Local Now, Channel 525. So it was a Sergeant Schultz type search yesterday at Joe Biden's Rehoboth Beach, Delaware home. If you're of my age demographic, you remember the uh, Sergeant Schultz character from Hogan's Heroes. I see nothing, I find nothing. Yes, that is exactly. One happened yesterday at Biden's Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, home. Shockingly, three months after classified documents were discovered at the Biden-Pen Chinese money laundering think tank in Washington, three months later, they got around to searching his beach home in Delaware. And uh, Molly Maids had cleaned up the scene. <laughs> there were no classified documents anywhere. Molly Maids and i have been on the scene the last three months uh, sanitizing, shall we say the beach home i don't know if they have or not but it's pretty ridiculous well actually it's the biden so i guess it's not ridiculous to think that (laughs) maybe three months later they go hey hunter you called the the maids right they cleaned up the house right gee dad i thought you were going to call them but apparently somebody did maybe dr jill i mean she's a doctor can't write you a prescription but you know she's maybe at least cured the rehoboth beach beach home of classified documents So they didn't find anything, but they took stuff. What did they take? They took notebooks. What kind of notebooks? We don't know, but it's been suggested that the only reason why they would take notebooks if they're there looking for classified documents is if the notebooks contain what? Classified information. Now, I have a couple different jobs in addition to this job. I do some sports writing. I'm going to do some tonight at the Ohio State basketball game and the Ohio State wrestling match on Friday. I sell flooring on the side, and I have a notebook for every job I have. I have a notebook for my sports stuff, I have a notebook for my flooring stuff I have a notebook I have a notebook journal that I keep in the morning when I'm reading my Bible. I have separate notebooks because I like to keep my thoughts organized and my businesses organized now, why would Joe Biden, if he's looking at a classified document and he can't can't keep them all, got to put some of them back they're very supposed to be anyway, sticklers for returning the classified documents. What if Joe Biden wrote down classified information on notebooks? And they had those notebooks at Rehoboth Beach in some box or safe or closet. And the FBI said, well, it doesn't say classified, but the information on here is pretty classified. They took the documents to assess it later. They took the notebooks rather to assess later. Now, what would that signify? If Joe Biden transferred classified information from a classified document to a notebook, would that be keeping chain of custody? Well, that'd be a no. (laughs) That would would instead indicate a purposeful rejection and a very ineffective end around national security policies. Uh, Here is Andy McCarthy noting that the taking of notebooks could be significant. They say that there was no classified information that came out of there, but that they took notes. And what I would suggest is what we ought to be more precise in saying that they didn't find any documents that had classification markings on them. But if those notes are reflective of classified briefings, then, those, then that is classified information. And that's why they have to investigate. It's probably why they took it. Hmm. I've said, and I will stick by it, and if I'm wrong, I will tell you I was wrong. This is the beginning of the end of Joe Biden's presidency. At the the risk of sounding like so many prattling media bootlicks about the walls closing in on Donald Trump and the beginning of the end and all this, I'm just telling you, this, in my opinion, is how they're going to get rid of Joe Biden as president. Because now that we have Republicans on the House Oversight Committee in charge of the House Oversight Committee and they have subpoena power, they are going to find that the Hunter Biden laptop or the classified documents or both establish a clear effort by the Biden family to leverage Joe Biden's position at the highest places of U.S. government, vice president, senator, president. They are going to find that he used this to his own personal financial advantage. And the fact that He has a Rehoboth Beach, Delaware beach home and another home in Delaware and another home in Delaware and real estate holdings that are in the multiple millions of dollars in addition to a net worth in the tens of millions of dollars. Well, that's kind of a curious equation, given the fact that he never made more than $200,000 a year as a half century public servant. Uh, I just want to add a little footnote here that ABC National News is doing a breaking story that the Department of Justice is in contact with former Vice President Mike Pence's lawyers and scheduling a search of his home for classified documents. Sure. I have no problem with that. So. I've said before. And I'm not sure how many homes Mr. Pence has. I don't think I bet he's got one. I'm thinking one. Whatever. He it's might a big have, one. He might have he has one. He might have one in Florida, maybe. Yeah, or maybe. Knock back on vacation. Yeah. Uh I have no problem with the Justice Department investigating Mike Pence or Donald Trump for classified documents. I have a big problem if they investigate Mike Pence and Donald Trump differently than they investigate the Bidens, and they have investigated Donald Trump differently. They have treated Donald Trump decidedly differently, and you can ramble and spew and howl all you want about Trump not cooperating and Biden being transparent, which is a lie— But even if it were true, a former president is allowed to have classified documents. He's declassified. A senator and a vice president is not allowed to have them. And Trump's documents were guarded by the Secret Service at a place where they were much more secure than the Delaware garage where they found classified documents where Joe Biden's Corvette was and where his crackhead son Hunter was entertaining hookers with joy rides throughout the Delaware community. So, there is that. Now, speaking of Hunter, as I said to Matt Mayer, there's an old adage in football that the uh, best offense is a good defense. Hunter Biden has now decided to play defense by going on offense. And he is, he is insisting that there be an investigation into an indictments issued against those who publicized his hard drive from the laptop that he left behind at the Delaware repair shop. They say, wait a minute, wasn't the Biden position that that was Russian disinformation and not Hunter Biden's laptop? Yes. But it's since been verified by the Washington Post and the New York Times, and I get it. It's a little... Fuzzy to disparage those two entities for the train wrecks of objectivity that they have become. And then on the other hand, say, well, see, the Times and the Washington Post verified it. So you have to pay attention to that. Well, Hunter Biden has now admitted that is his laptop. Hunter Biden has admitted that is his laptop, which as Matt Mayer pointed out. Means that Joe Biden. I know I'm going to ruin your esteemed opinion of our president that Joe Biden knew when he was on the debate stage with Donald Trump in 2020, that he was lying when he said that the Hunter Biden laptop was a big nothing burger. Just ask yourself this question. If you were running for president and there was a news story about your child having a laptop computer that had all kinds of emails and all kinds of photos and all kinds of disparaging information that could possibly hurt you As a candidate, would you not ask your son or daughter if that was their laptop? Or would you ask your son or daughter, is that your laptop? Because you're going to have to answer questions about it as a candidate. And the best way to dismiss the questions is to say, I talked to my son or daughter, and they say that is not their laptop. So it is fanciful at best, and... Inane and stupid at worst to think that Joe Biden did not ask Hunter Biden, is that your laptop? Likewise, it's always been inane and stupid to believe that Hunter Biden flew on Air Force Two with Joe Biden to China while Joe Biden was on (laughs) official, supposedly government business over there, and that Joe Biden never asked Hunter, why are you going along, son? Hey, when I was in the meeting with the Chinese government officials, who were you meeting with? Well, did you go to a museum? Oh, you were meeting with an energy company. It's ridiculous to think he didn't ask Hunter what he was doing. I'm pretty familiar with all the little bergs and hamlets in the state of Ohio, but I did not know until a few moments ago that there is an Oregon, Ohio. Producer Pam, did you know there's an Oregon, Ohio? I did not. Oregon is a city in Lucas County, which is near Toledo. It is a lakefront suburb, in fact, of Toledo, located on Lake Erie, just east of the city. Why am I talking about Oregon, Ohio? Because one of the new Republican Ohio House members, his name is Josh Williams, and Josh is representing Oregon, Ohio. Uh, But Josh is not is not representing the uh, <laughs> the uh, Black Policy Caucus in the Ohio House. Now, uh, the problem is not that uh, Josh is uh, not black. He is black. Uh, the problem is that Josh is uh, not a Democrat. Now, I did not say it was the Democratic Black Policy Caucus, or I'd say it was the Black Democratic Policy Caucus, it is the uh, Ohio Legislative Black Caucus. Legislative. Well, uh, Josh is uh, definitely in the legislature, and he's definitely black, but he's definitely not a member of the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus. Why not? Because he's a Republican. That's why. Yes. Yes. The party that prizes, worships, diversity, equity, and inclusion is, well, let's check. Are they diverse? Uh, No. They have a chance to include uh, a Republican. Nick's on that. Are they equitable? He got elected just like they did. Uh, Is he a member? No. Not equitable. Are they inclusive? Do they welcome people different than them? Well, he's black, but... Not a Democrat. Nope. Not welcome either. Uh, This has prompted an editorial in the Toledo Blade. (laughs) The Toledo Blade, which I don't know if they're conservative or not, but they are on this matter. Uh, To keep Mr. Williams out, the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus changed its bylaws to restrict membership solely to Democrats. Instead, the caucus proposes to create a subgroup called the Black Policy Caucus, to which they've invited the first-term GOP lawmaker. How much you want to bet all they're going to do at those meetings is drink coffee and look at each other? In other words, the Blade says, they have relegated Mr. Williams to the back of the bus. Ouch. Mr. Williams is not interested in second-class citizenship, and the caucus should be ashamed for advancing this concept. Mr. Williams points out that Democrats are not the only voice for black representation— He says that the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus has blown the chance to advocate meaningful change through having a black member in the majority party caucus. That is correct. The Blade says, Josh Williams is correct in his assessment that a strictly Democratic caucus weakens the advocacy mission by making it transparently partisan. Uh, That's a yes. So the mission of the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus is not to be legislatively responsible or responsive to black citizens in the state of Ohio, it is to be an arm of democratic policy. And they don't want Josh Williams in their meetings saying, hey, here's why school choice would be good for black communities. Here's why increased police presence would be good for black communities. Here's why these democratic policies that have been, Tried in our inner cities, Toledo, Cincinnati, Dayton, Youngstown, Cleveland. For decades, aren't working. Maybe we should try something different. No, they're not going to try anything different. Josh Williams, and they're certainly not going to try anything different to the degree that they're going to let you in their own little racist exclusive group. So, um, just thought I would call that to your attention. Now, sometimes the good guys win. And Robert, excuse me, Peter McCullough is one of the good guys. Dr. Peter McCullough is one of the people who, from the very beginning, expressed doubts about the COVID vaccine. And he made a lot of enemies by doing this. He probably got deplatformed on YouTube and social media sites because those are just things we cannot say. Misinformation. Well, Dr. Peter McCullough won in court yesterday when a judge dismissed the case of Baylor University against him because they said he violated a separation agreement with them by talking about COVID in ways that Baylor did not approve of and by affiliating himself with Baylor University. Now, if you're like me, you might be saying, wait a minute, isn't Baylor a Christian school? I mean, I have very good friends who have, uh, I believe, a son who goes to Baylor University. And Baylor is uh, theoretically a Christian school, but their response in this particular matter is not at all Christian, because Christians should prize over and above everything else what? The truth. Uh, But Baylor Medical Center, well, they were singing from the same hymn book as all the other medical centers out there, that everybody should get the vaccine, everybody should get boosted, don't ask any questions socially distance, sit down, shut up, and pay no mind to all those people falling over and dying in front of you. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough said, this is a strong victory for freedom of speech and fair, balanced publication and media presentation of clinical data as it has emerged over the course of the pandemic crisis. My analysis and conclusions have been accurate, consistent and have always been my own, not those of any institution. Baylor sued him for a million dollars, accusing him of reputational harm because he gave media interviews and published articles about COVID where Baylor was listed as a place that he was affiliated with, even though he didn't mention it. They would bring him on, like let's say he was a guest on a show, "Eh, Dr. Peter McCullough, and you always give the credentials, right? What do I do? There's Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, MattForOhio.com, Jack Windsor Tomorrow, Ohio Press Network. You don't just let somebody on your show without saying what their affiliation is because their affiliation establishes their credibility and their relevance to whatever you're talking about at the time. So the fact that Dr. Peter McCullough had separated from Baylor, he can't be blamed for talk show hosts and radio hosts having him on saying, well, here's why we're having Peter McCullough on because he had an elevated position on the staff At Baylor University Medical Center, which is thought to be, I know this might be blown now, but it was thought to be one of the better, better medical centers in the country. So they went after him for not being quiet, is essentially what they went after him for. Peter McCullough says the lawsuit represented a form of intimidation and professional reprisal, and I feel vindicated, by the dismissal, as he should, as he should feel vindicated by the dismissal. They just will not take any opportunity to reassess their positions on COVID, on the vaccine, on boosters, on masks, on social distancing, on lockdowns, on anything related to it. They will not reassess any of it. It has all been proven far less effective than they said it would be. That is, well, it's not inarguable because they just keep arguing.